Hi, my name is Nathan. I do podcast thing, but no longer. Bye. So we're gathered here today. <laughs> Damn, this is this is this is sounding dark. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. It was just fucking around. The beginning of new journeys. Yeah. Quitting my job. Quitting Tales from Sessions. Quitting uh, everything. How does it feel being a free man? Um, I I feel like Dobby, the free elf. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like someone gave me a sock, so I actually have a pair of socks next to me. Um, You just carried that with you? Well, I was going to put it on my feet because it's kind of cold, but now I'm lazy. Uh And so like, it's the whole effort of I have to like... Pull back my share, take my like slippers off, put the socks on, and I've got the radiator right next to me, and I'm like, yeah, I'm a bit lazy. It'll keep you on the edge to have your feet like bare naked. I give our like sharp questions to our oh, no, no, no questions. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm all about edging, you know. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I should keep that in now. <laughs> That's that what he good... said. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Starting <laughs> off strong. Oh, how are you feeling today? Nathan? Okay, no, we need to stop all these euphemisms. You guys need to stop giving me material yes. for this. <laughs> it is our fault that we take full responsibility for your behavior. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank Including you. you quitting the podcast. Exactly. Exactly. I'm I'm glad I'm glad you're being the bigger people. Yeah, someone should. Exactly. Very childish exactly. to just quit and be a free man. Nowadays. It would be. It would be very childish. I mean, who would just like randomly quit everything that they have and then just randomly travel the world and do some random projects and all of this shit? Uh, I mean, I'm jealous. I... <laughs> but the, the funny thing is, is that since I kind of, I handed in, well, after I handed in my notice at work, that, that there's this like really weird cultural difference of UK and US. So UK, I feel like it's more like the rest of Europe, where if you kind of want to quit your job, you know, you have at least a month, if not two months, where they need to get, get everything out of you. And they're like, you are not leaving right now. You will stay until the very end of your notice. Um, we're going to put you in back-to-back meetings with all these people. You need to like document everything, get all the knowledge out and all this stuff. And that's what I'm used to. And then I hand in my notice at work. And then, yeah, for the first week, my boss is on holiday. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> first week, I just decide what I'm going to be doing, how I'm going to start things. I start meeting with different people. I start trying to like kick off stuff and the way I think things could be. And I'm really motivated to kind of really like do a nice handover, make sure it transitions well. And then my boss comes back from holiday and says, cool, let's have a meeting tomorrow. I'm like, awesome, let's do this. So I'm prepping the meeting. I'm thinking, okay, these are the things that we need to hand over. Let's organize how I pass this to different teams and how all this works. She says, um, actually, let's bump up your leaving date to next week. And I'm like, uh, okay, I mean, you still have to pay me until next month. But um, she's like, yeah, see, that's free holiday. I'm like, and the handover stuff? Like, oh, don't overthink it. It'll be fine. Like, okay, that's, yeah. So then instead of spending too much time doing the handovers, I guess, you know, writing a book in 10 days is is something that happens instead of that. You heard it here, people. Quit your job, do creative things. Uh, it'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. Get out of the system. 
Yeah. So it was, it, was this, it was this weird kind of transition thing of, you know, expecting in your mind to be like, okay, this is how we transition properly. This is how we hand over all these different things, all these different like moving pieces and that because I'm the kind of person that I just run on random initiatives that not everyone knows exactly what's going on, but things are just happening in the background. And then kind of go from that to like, no, it's okay, you know, things will work out. And you're like, oh, well, I guess fine. <laughs> Have fun. You're, you're giving Bye. me major NC Endover board-to-board uh, board vibes. <laughs> what was your worst NC handover? My own. <laughs> when I handed over my own presidency of Hewitt Pilvania. But yeah, I've heard of other like shit from other places. And you, you just crazy, like some, some NCs, especially like in the Balkans, don't really have good handovers, mm-hmm. like as far as I've heard. And it's this generational thing that, you know, some, some things don't get left behind and you have to start over every time and, you know, knowledge is not transferred. And, you know, mm-hmm. we've talked about, you've talked about this in the podcast for Many, many times, so I won't go into that. But yeah, it's just sad. That's true. And it is, and to be, yeah, to be honest, I, I also feel something like similar-ish in the sense of you you spend, like you probably did that, you spent a lot of time trying to build something, trying to build something a certain way. And within your time of being in that NC, you can't do everything. You can't fulfill everything that you wanted to do. So you build all of the steps to get there. But then when the next person comes in, if they continue that path, then they can actually get there. But if they're not allowing this transition to go well, then those steps, it's almost like it's there for nothing. <laughs> no, it kind of feels like that, honestly. But yeah, the th- uh, no, I, yeah, we shouldn't probably say this because we've already said it. Like, thank God for the pandemic. Uh, but <laughs> because of the pandemic, it was then like all UAP stopped. So even the work that I had done, not just me, but like we had done as a board before, just got frozen. So the new board could not really do anything uh, new. And then when I just became alive again in UAP, I started uh, rekindling with it after a very hard time. Uh, I got back into, you know, contacting people and, and things started to move. And they kept moving and... So yeah, maybe that had changed things a bit, but I, but I keep thinking that it shouldn't have to be that you need to go, like you need to, uh, when you work, when you walk yourself out, you need to work out how you work out. Like it shouldn't be when you decide to do that. It should be before that, or even decided by the way that things are done. Uh, then you just go and like the transition is there, but then especially like in EYP, we, we have to think after we've done like the things that we're supposed to do and we are supposed to be free and I don't know, go for a master's, go for a job in another organization. Mm-hmm. It's after like our mandate has been over that we start like giving back the knowledge. And that happens also in the BNC. When we finished our BNC last year, we technically had the mandate for another month, even though we shouldn't have until like the board, like the new board meeting. So for a month, we were like constrained to the job of the BNC board, even though we were supposed to be stopping it. 
yeah, so these kind of timings and things, I don't think that we can go through and... Uh... Well, that went dramatic very fast. Um... <laughs> <laughs> we started off on some very not safe for work, and then we moved on <laughs> to free Dobby, and then depressed Dobby. <laughs> you know, it, it goes it goes for its whole roller coaster stuff. You know, yeah, it's kind it's kind of like the span of the episodes of the podcast. You start with like bang, and then you know funny shit, fuck ups, depressing yeah. topics. And then I joined the team and everything's happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, and it's... now it will be very different as, well, I, we, we should probably say it in, in words, actually. Nick, yeah. Nathan is leaving us. Mm-hmm. Farewell. How's your transition uh, been from the podcast? <laughs> Have you had to... Uh... <laughs> Go through drama with your colleagues or oh, so future much, so much. <laughs> I, I I kept trying to like message the other podcasters. They just kept ignoring me. I keep there's so many things I need to hand over with them. Like there's like at least 20 different episodes that I just recorded solo that's just living on my computer that's about to get wiped tomorrow. And you know, it's it's so it's so dramatic. And I think, you know what, I'm just gonna set it on fire. I'm gonna create a fake yeah. account and just start making up rumors about the podcast and just try to tear it down. Uh, well yeah well uh remember that your severin package remains with us if you do that um and the severage package is just a condom with a logo of eyp so beautiful i like that i feel like that's the best severance package you can get for for like an unofficial eyp project (laughs) so you know what after hearing that tell you what you can even edit out that last bit no i'm kidding Uh, but no, man. Uh, but but seriously, kind of built. I kind of built this segue without knowing it. But when you think about the podcast now that you're leaving, yeah. Well, what has it left you with, and what uh, what do you you left behind with us? I know what because I'm here <laughs> every other week editing you and listening to all the crude audio. So I know how much will change that it's not going to be Joel and Nathan anymore. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel, well, for me, the way I look at it is how different our podcast went to, I think our first kind of chats that we had with Joel about it before when he was first pitching the idea about the podcast and then later on asking me if I wanted a co-host with him and all this stuff, you know, it's this whole idea of let's create some space to people who are leaving UIP. Let's just get a couple of things of what they've done, these stories to kind of share to them network and very quickly i felt it changed from that to just you know what let's just bring these people together and have fun conversations and whatever comes out comes out and let's just shit on things let's just you know what let's just use this time to abuse to be like no one can interrupt us we can just go out there we can just say some stuff but then we can actually really think about this stuff and bring people to the table and discuss some hot topics and we don't have to be too aligned to any gb or io regulations on this stuff but of course we care about the organization so we don't want to tear it down but we can talk very freely about all this stuff and just any random stories come to our mind just carry on going into it and yeah i felt like that was something that really came out that i've really 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 enjoyed and i felt it really came out from the format that we've taken like a really free-flowing conversation where things aren't structured things aren't okay this is an interview we're going to be asking you these questions and we're going to try now edit it around to make it sound in a cool way it's more 
everything's free flow and we're going to see what we get by the end of it. And we have no idea as we go into it. And we're always just flying in blind. And I feel like that's something I really enjoyed from it. And I'm going to take away a lot of it of almost trusting the process here of saying, if you bring together people who have different opinions and you have the freedom and you create the right space for you to have nice conversations, then things will just flow. That things are just going to be just going to go well and i feel maybe that's also something that from the other side of the question it's kind of the same thing of what leaving behind is well what we've been doing which is the ability to come on and and discuss these kind of things and we don't really kind of focus or care too much on how many people are listening what is this really kind of doing in impact are we driving this are we driving that it's more this is just a fun platform we just come here, we have these conversations. And then sometimes when we talk to people, they're like, oh yeah, I listened to that. And that really helped me think about this thing, or it really helped me do that thing. And whenever I hear that, I'm kind of surprised. I'm like, oh, oh, true, (laughs) true. Maybe, maybe, maybe that is like some kind of result, which I feel a lot of podcasters more focus on that impact and that result kind of way and try to tailor everything towards that, where I feel like us is more focused on the process itself and just having fun. And I think that's something I've really enjoyed. And I, I guess I, well, I hope to see kind of like continuing in the future. Yeah. EYP is like that, you know, process. Mm, that's true. Yeah, I know. We could definitely couldn't have kept this on for two years if we tried to do everything like really strict. Let's plan this out. Let's try to see where the focus goes. Let's uh, <laughs> have an impact of a specific kind. Like, of course, we've had like certain ideas that are like, oh, let's uh, let's try to do this. But that's also always come from a point of this is exciting. Let's let's actually have a talk about that. And it's kind of the whole thing is really interesting because uh, this kind of reminds me of. So I go to therapy like you should too. Everyone should go to therapy. You're fucked up. Your mind doesn't (laughs) (laughs) like work with the way this uh, society is built. And. My therapist took like a, some vacation period in the holidays now over over winter, and that was a month where I didn't have any session. That it's just a very different way to live without having a weekly time of you go there and you think about your problems. And I feel like this podcast has been a similar way, a place to go talk about fun shit it's something you do on a semi-regular basis something you enjoy and it's been good to have this kind of structure to you our lives in, in in the sense of being able to trust them like okay have that thing uh, that connection to eyp that connection to the people that i enjoyed working with and that, that i don't know how does that how, how does that fit into your experience yeah definitely so definitely it's it also feels like a sense of closure for like lots of stuff it's like there was something on your mind that's been going on in the uip world and then it's like well i haven't done a session in a long while so i never really got to go into that stuff and then kind of like like you said semi-regularly coming on here and you actually have the time you have the space and like within our small conversations we actually want to hear this stuff from each other so then that provides the openness to actually kind of come out with all these things again and actually kind of create a bit of closure and it linking it to like the handover it does almost feel like a bit of a handover to kind of say sometimes where we move from our conversation to then realizing people are maybe listening to our conversation and saying okay actually yeah if you listen to this try this out 
you know, maybe when you're thinking about your session and you can do X, Y, Z, and like, this is something that we've been thinking about, we've been discussing, and maybe that could be something cool to do. So it kind of feels, yeah, it's, it definitely does provide that space to allow you to kind of really process a lot of things. And then I really felt like that sense of closure for a lot of the ideas as well. Yeah, no, it's, uh, for me, especially since coming uh, here to the UK for this master's, but even before that, but especially now, because before that I was free, I could do the edits whenever I want for the podcast. And I looked forward to, you know, use like submitting uh, the, the files. And then I would just like 15 minutes after that, I would start like working here, editing the episode. Like it's in my schedule. I've missed parties, i.e. Uh, fun times in the evenings for myself of many sorts to edit this podcast. And I don't fucking regret it at all um, because uh, because it's important for who I am. And uh, it's not, you know, it's not that I'm dedicating the slot of my week to UAP to edit this podcast or whatnot. It's most I have to because it's part of my life. And yeah, in that sort of sense, it, it's a continuity that I live on with right now. And uh, yeah, but my time would be over to quote. Um, the prime minister of New Zealand quit yesterday. <laughs> so yeah, our time will be done. So even if me and Joel are still like here for a while, maybe in the future we'll, we'll leave as well. And uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, let's hope that there's people out there uh, that want to do what we're doing and, you know, sharing stories, having fun and, you know, knowing that EYP sometimes can be very like tiring and, uh, stressful and people take it too seriously and they hurt themselves emotionally but even physically and sometimes yeah it's not like that look at us like we're closing in on 30 or even past 30 and we we still talk about EYP because yeah. it's yeah it brings so much good things that we sometimes forget about the bad things or even Take the route that Nathan usually takes shit on them. So, <laughs> what do you mean? Me I, I feel like that's more Joel. Joel's the one who shits on things more than me. Uh, I feel like I it's a sh shared responsibility. <laughs> yeah, shitting on things. But statistics, like statistically speaking, as the guy on the background that <laughs> it listens to you three times before like other people listen to you. <laughs> yeah, it's you. <laughs> Is it me? Okay. Maybe maybe I just notice more when it's Joel. <laughs> but then I actually do it more. No, Joel is like intensive. Like so like there's like fewer shits, but like super intensive. Yours are just like continues. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm lactose intolerant. I feel like my shit is just like a continual flow <laughs> from one day to the next. <laughs> if we're going to continue the analogy. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's really, really what caught me there. What you said about what you said, Nathan, is this sort of idea of bringing all that kind of what I would phrase as tension of this, like mm. all these ideas, these concepts that we've built up in our heads over over a decade of doing EYP and I th at least myself I feel like I'll be a lot more prepared to leave EYP once I do because I've had this podcast because I've been yeah. able to like really speak out about those things because I feel like I don't know how how you've, you're, you've experienced this in EYP if you have a really 
interesting idea that you want to like push out to the network and trial out and have it have the impact that the idea is going to have, it's very difficult to do that. You have to like apply to a session. You have to prepare it for that team. You have to have it fit the circumstances of everything that it wants to do. And then you might not be even able to do that. Even if you want to just talk about that, you need to like message a friend who also does EYP is like, okay, let's set up an evening to talk about this, which seems mm-hmm. at least for me, that feels like a really big, <clears throat> big step to do. Like, I don't feel like a lot of people would be excited to do something like that. And if, if they are, then they're probably too busy <laughs> to ha- have that in a consistent way that you would be able to do that throughout your EYP career. Yeah, and now just coming here and just like letting letting everything flow that comes out of your brains, like at some point, you you'll 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 be good uh, to say, okay, yeah, well, maybe it's not that uh, not that big of a deal that I I now go. <laughs> I, I've gotten yeah. all of this tension, this built up things over the years that's been accumulating in my brain of EYP. Now just like being able to give it out, out to the world. Maybe it will do something, maybe it won't, but that's out of my hands. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it does, it does really feel like that. Like, I, I, like, I don't feel a need to have to come back and do things. I, I feel there's always the option. I know like whenever there's anything, you know, like right now the rabbit hole that I'm diving down in training, um, maybe I can, I don't know, do something for like how this relates to EYP and run a couple of sessions or like uh, working groups with people to kind of think about integrating certain of the, the things I'm, I'm, I'm currently doing trainings on into the EYP process. And I don't feel like it's saying, oh no, too old. I've already created some kind of closure. I can't do this anymore. But for all the other things that I was working on, this did create closure for. So I feel, yeah, it's, it's, that, it's, that, it's that nice, yeah, you're right. It is that nice feeling of, things are out there people can take these ideas people can move on people can also maybe feel like feel empowered to do their own thing after kind of hearing how many different people do things different every time we're on this podcast and how different our ideas are and how much we shit on all, all different things that people take us norms and so maybe there is that sense that they kind of walk away empowered and we can just kind of like look back at that and be like yeah this is this is legit the kind of impact it's having without us trying to force it and also something about the, so the title, right? Tales from Sessions. <laughs> I feel like first 10 episodes, we were pretty on we were pretty on point, right? A lot of the episodes would actually go into actual sessions and we'd talk about them and stuff like this. And now I feel like, especially for the last 10 episodes, it's more like EYPers coming together to chat concepts. <laughs> yeah. just, we spend less well, now and then we relate it to a session or to something but it's more about hey we have maybe eyp type of people coming together with the type of things that eypers would kind of discuss and that the, the thought process and then we think about some things and sometimes they're really eyp related and sometimes they're life related and then we relate it a bit to eyp but i feel it's moving more and more towards this let's have discussions about concepts, issues, perspectives, and this kind of thing, as opposed to, I feel like where we started about, let's share stories about what happened in sessions. Which I feel like is in many ways more valuable. Like sure, you can hear stories from a million different sessions, but just have having like this sort of concept where you actually go a bit more deeper into them, like, okay, why 
do we actually think this rather than this like yeah this is shit that happened this is how it made me feel it makes sense though because the core of UAP still remains sessions uh, I know we have international structures and everything but you know reflecting from my time in, in the BNC whatever we were doing we were still doing it about sessions because eventually uh, whatever the knowledge is uh, and the knowledge and the concepts and the stories that are like over like overarching that we speak about come from these sessions and um and yeah it, yeah i agree with you that you know it's better to discuss this overall like things that are happening but at the end of the day i sometimes i think we do forget that sessions are what keep UAP alive and right now for example i I've, I've seen i'm following uh, so I unfollowed all the UAP NCs in for my Instagram because I was like, I, I don't need this anymore in my life. <laughs> I haven't quit more. UAP, but like, it's too much information. I want uh, to see more photos from sessions I'm not attending. Yeah, exactly. More FOMO. But I'm following UAP Moldova <laughs> because they just started and nice. uh, they haven't done proper sessions yet. But so interesting to see how they're working their way towards making their first session and creating this base. And then, you know, I've taken it for granted when I started EYP that there was this thing. So yeah, like that kind of, you know, creating this space for these people to come in, join a session, then will allow us to do this higher discussion. So, so yeah, I just wanted to go back at that. But I like uh, yeah. yeah. But honestly, this is Nathan. This is your last pod <laughs> uh, for now. Maybe you want to come back as a guest in the future. Hey, you never know. You never know. I I would love uh, because you know this is a very meta episode for me because I don't want to <laughs> usually be part of the pod because I hate editing my own voice. <laughs> um, but. I've been editing for a, a while now. I've listened to all these things. And even before I started editing, I w I, I've listened to all the episodes that you uh, produced. Um, I still do not know why both of you are in EYP and why do you care or love uh, it? Like I still, I've, I've never heard it like said like out loud. I would love to hear it because I know like I, I build this pattern of how you care about it or like how you started to do it but yeah maybe you know our listeners would want to know uh before it's too late hmm. can you specify a question a bit more because i feel like when we started eyp we had very different reasons for starting it when we were in the middle of our career in our most bingy session place then that was a very different motivation and now doing our last bits of staying active in EYP, there's a very different kind of but motivation maybe, as well. Maybe give us all of them. Maybe give us like, if it started, if it changed, let's say you had three main periods of like the entry in, the bingey stuff, and then the continuation during your career. Yeah. So the question specifically would be what kept you in EYP? Oh, I think for me, I thought, so I, 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 I have thought about this a lot beforehand and then I distilled it a couple of times and kind of talked about that. Um, 
and it's it's kind of like what I said during the closing ceremony in, in Yerevan and then also I think a year or so before that when I was like called oh, this is probably I guess this is my last session I just kind of realized during the closing ceremony and then came out with a story um for me I, I kind of realized that it was more of a gut feeling of a this this feels like what I want to be doing right now and I, I, I don't know why, and I don't kind of question it. I'm like, mm, I feel like I want to be doing that. And I, and it could go against logic. Like at the time when I did my proper, proper binge, I had finished uni. I, I saved up, I put enough savings to aside to pay for my master's. I had a scholarship come through to pay for my master's for me. So then suddenly I had basically like the amount to pay for a year of master's in the UK in my bank. And I was like, oh my God like what do i do now i could i could get crazy i could i've never had any money in my life and i'm like oh my god i i and people are like oh you should you know you're gonna do your masters now part-time you should get a part-time job on the side you've got enough there a savings you can like start up your life and you can do all this stuff and i'm like oh yeah 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 um you know what i'm not gonna do any work i'm not gonna do anything like that i'm just gonna travel around europe do 14 sessions in 12 months <laughs> And just binge EYP going from place to place and then crashing on people's floors, crashing on people's sofas, different EYPers in between. And then now and then head back to the UK to attend a lecture that I had to attend and then fly back out, fly back in to take an exam, fly back out and just like lived like that for more than a year. And for example, that went against any kind of logic or reasoning of like how to set up my life <laughs> and stuff and you could even kind of say maybe there's an avoidance or something else going on but for me it just felt right it felt like you know what I want to be with these people I don't know why and I don't know what we're doing but I want to be there and then I realized that in so many of my steps afterwards in the following years all the jobs I got all the interactions that I had in let's say at the workplace outside the workplace on the social level so many of the positive things in my life I can relate back to how I learned that in these different things that I did in EYP especially during that year that I binged and so I feel like this is the way that I I've also like learned that from EYP that I just try to trust my gut feeling of this is what I want to be doing right now so like you know I was in a job where being paid way more than I thought I ever would uh, doing exactly the role I wanted to do um, our departments just changed in which I'm, I would then be in the department really related to what I want to be doing, reporting to somebody I could learn so much from and, you know, everything you could say, like I'm checking every single box for my stuff. There's a couple of things like push back to the office and a couple of stuff like this that I'm not too great with, but like most of the stuff there, you know, everything's good. But then just that gut feeling of like, you know what, I think I want to quit and just do a work break. I have no idea why but I think that's the right choice. And so I just did that. And then I, in our last episode, we we're talking about ChatGPT a bit. And then I, um, I started really going into a ChatGPT rabbit hole of just like learning shit ton of stuff on it. And then I started having a conversation with a couple of friends and a couple of colleagues and I sat down with them and basically I ended up training them on it. And I was like, oh my God, how they're using it now after this little training you know what, let me train my, um, like the, our, our London trainers hub over here. So I kind of mentioned it out to them. They're like, oh yeah, could you run a little training for us? I was like, yeah, let's do this. And then from there, I thought, I just have this gut feeling of, well, maybe other people could benefit this. If I do this on Zoom and just put it out there, maybe other people would be interested. So I did. And then suddenly a hundred people booked out the training full capacity. I'm like, oh crap. And then people keep emailing me saying, can you, can you do more? 
So then I'm like, okay, I should run four more sessions, well, three more. So now next week I'll be running four sessions and they're all booked up with a hundred people in each of them. <laughs> like they're all fully booked. And I was like, okay, shit, things are taken off. And I, I the, nothing was planned, nothing strategy out there. And I was like, let's write a handout for the training. And as I started writing it, I realized that the written stuff about learning how to use this tool is really bad out there. So I was like, fuck it, I'll write a book. And in 10 days, I wrote, illustrated, edited, and published a book on the Amazon store. And I was like, you know, this this feels right. And now I've done that. I I now, like, even this morning, I had someone from Denmark call me to ask if I could put on more trainings and stuff like this. And I thought, you know what? Let's set up a masterclass. And I just designed out like a series of uh, 11 sessions in a masterclass to kind of go through all the aspects of working with it more. And all these things are just taken off, not because I'm like, okay, let's think of a way to finance your life or anything like this, or let's let's do something with the skills you have. But it was just every step along the way of this feels right. This is what I feel like I should be doing right now. And then just doing that. And then afterwards realizing, oh yeah, that made sense because it now leads me to this. And I feel like what I've just done here and everything I was doing in EYP are exactly the same thing. And I learned it from EYP of if it feels right to do this thing, even if it's not logical, just go for it. And then afterwards, maybe you look back and you're like, oh shit, that was a good decision. Just like you were saying there, Aldo, about sometimes you're like, oh, you know, I really feel like going out with these people to do this thing right now. And then you just have that feeling of like, you know what, I'm actually going to go back home and I'm going to edit this thing. And then that made sense. And then maybe there are other times that you're like, okay, you know, I'm, get, I'm getting overwhelmed by all this editing stuff. You know what? We can, maybe we can just delay it by a week. No one's gonna, no one's gonna die by that. We can just delay it by a week and I'm going to go out and have fun. And maybe you look back on that and you realize that actually going out and having that fun led you to something else that leads to something else. So I feel for me, that's a long way of explaining what's kind of kept me in UIP for so long. That's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Well, I got more than I asked for <laughs> in terms of also editing, like, oh. uh, but no, no, no. Yeah. Honestly, I have to say before joining EYP, it, for me, it, it sounded very, you know, meh, like, yeah organization whatever young people i i've done this before because i had like been part of some some things else but then i joined it and i remember since my first session i started seeing all these talented and uh amazing people um like yourselves and that thing has been going on throughout my life and sometimes i'm thinking about where do people find uniquely talented and genuinely you know, wonderful people in their life. How do, like, how do my friends or people around me find other people in their life? Because for me, it's been very easy via UIP. And, um, and yeah, I'm grateful to be listening to all of this, honestly. I think it's pretty funny in the sense that Nathan started this with this uh, binging UIP being like the anti-logic of how you should be building your life. I feel like for me, it was quite the opposite in a sense. It felt like exactly the structure that my neuroatypical brain needed and still does like, I mean, 
the, the, one could argue that my sense of I need to constantly have a project or some sort of thing to keep myself occupied and I can't sit still for uh, five minutes without getting anxious about it with, if I'm not doing something. It's not the best way to live my life, but it's still a journey that I've come to. It's better than where I was before. And having these really interesting things of either sessions or other projects of EYP kind or other kind is a really good way for me to keep my brain in check. And I think that's exactly what's going to keep me in doing EYP for such a long time. It gives you really interesting, engaging, time-limited projects that you can impact people in and be impacted by other people as well. It's not something you're just doing by yourself. It's something you're putting yourself in. You're working with others to bring something to life. And I feel like that's a big part of why I kept in EYP and started doing it as much as I, I did. And then, of course, this whole, where, where, where does one meet amazing and inspiring people? Like I, I was just going through, through my uh, kind of, contact book is like okay i've been kind of going on off the grid a bit and when it comes to social media and keeping in touch with people there's a lot of stuff uh, very engaging things happening in my life it's like, okay who do i want to actually be in touch with what makes me feel good what kind of things are things that have brought me the most happiness in my past years and like good 90% of those people are EYPers and good chunk of those things are traveling to see EYPers. I think I'll just from here on out have a annual trip to Belgium and Netherlands and just like go there at the end of the year, chill with people that live there because there's just so many cities with so many people that, that I frankly love. And I don't say that easily. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's very good for the kind of impact that I see that it's had on my on my life. Yeah, no, like yeah, it's sometimes for me it's hard to um, you know indulge thinking a lot about EYP because I start thinking about my life somehow because the two concepts in my brain right now are like interlinked. For a lot of things I've done are linked to EYP. So so yeah, the 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 podcast and. You know, the way you two talk about it and all the guests talk about the experiences helps me translate that, you know, without having for myself to think about the depths of, you know, how much I'm connected to UAP. So, yeah, so it's it's beautiful to listen to uh, what's kept you, because even though you just told us, you know, what kept you, you didn't say a specific person or a session or like things like that, which like I've heard so many times. It was like, oh my god! It was this session I got inspired. That was this is totally not me and Laksa, yes, but yeah, my reason for staying in EYP is simply the Laksa, yes, um, yeah, I'll be that bitch. And but it comes full circle because the first episode was with Nora. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so what do you feel like? What's what's next in the life of Nathan? What do you want to give out as the message to the world of? You've quit your job, you've uh, <laughs> you quit the podcast, and now you're going to go do your thing. Do you want to share share with people what your thing is? 
my my message out would be kind of what I said before of just like do what feels right even if it doesn't make sense if, if somebody wants to like hear that kind of thing in a more eloquent way uh search on YouTube a Steve Jobs graduation speech I stole very much the idea from him because when he said it it really really made sense to me and then I kind of built that into my own personal story but if yeah people want to see that in a more eloquent way YouTube Steve Jobs um graduation speech and it's really really beautiful but then so what's actually then like next up is um fun projects it was meant to be three months of doing nothing of just traveling and doing nothing start off with one month in an ashram in india um gonna fly out to put to uh, mumbai first of all gonna spend a day uh on a beautiful beach called juju beach um which is where they make uh where pav bhaji is from which is my favorite indian street food and i didn't realize it was from there until not too long ago and the first time i ever had it was on juju beach in mumbai so uh, like i had my favorite street food thing in the world at the place that it was made and i was like what i just randomly stumbled upon it i saw someone eating and i was like oh my god what's that and i looked up and there was a food truck i was like give me what he's having <laughs> and i had one and then i had a second one and i went back there in the evening and it was so good so i'm going to eat a lot of that then i'm going to go to this ashram and basically live in meditation for about a month and then start island hopping around southeast asia gonna meet up with my girlfriend around there and we're just like island hop together for like three three weeks and then i spend a month and a half with a scooter just going around vietnam laos cambodia thailand and see where i end up and then fly back in may that, 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 that that's the first part of the of the trip of being like okay three months away let's do stuff but now that uh you know with this with this book launch and all these trainings and all these master classes and all this stuff it's like wow all of that is just like hit at once and i'm like this is actually there's something that i'm really looking forward to that i'm really thinking about which is my first idea was okay i'm going to go for one month in deep deep meditation and i kind of realized there was something when I, uh, so i went to the same ashram beforehand and there was something that somebody who's staying there talked to me about which is that not to kind of see go into an ashram as cutting off from your world because some people do need that okay they need to cut, cut off from everything we have in the world to be able to go there to, to understand and to enjoy life in a different way but the thing is if you do that as soon as you leave you go back to where you were and you try to bring things back with you whereas they uh, so in this ashram they have um this um i think it's called work, working living or something like this and it's the, uh, I, I was thinking about doing that, but I, I won't be there for enough time. It's normally best to do it for a couple of months where you actually work at the ashram. So you work in reception, you work in different pieces, you do admin jobs, you do some cleaning, you work there um, like eight hours a day, seven, eight hours a day, seven days a week. Your boss is a meditation leader. And the aim is how can you basically work in meditation? How can you take everything you're learning and apply it to your actual work life? And then the evenings you join in for like two to three hours meditation with everyone. But then throughout the rest of your day, it's all about, okay, if you're going to be working, how do you work in a mindful way? And I really like that idea. And so I guess for me, my next step next month is going to be, okay, I'm, I'm basically going into like freelance training, I'll probably be running uh, trainings for different companies and NGOs to upskill their employees on uh, AI tools for them to be able to use it in the workplace for productivity and stuff. But then as I start to do that, I will actually combine that with my meditation schedule of saying, okay, how, how do I do this where I combine the two together? And then I bring 
whatever I get from my meditation into my work and I kind of combine them. And then when I leave that space, I continue the practice and I continue to keep them together. And so that way I feel like it could be a really cool integration. And so that's something I've been thinking about a lot for the past few days. And it's something I'm like, oh, actually this, this is a really cool opportunity where it's not just a, a escapism, like getting away from something, but it's more about how do I learn to combine things in a greater way. So I'm, I'm really excited to, to kick off that journey. I was meditating while you were speaking about it, honestly. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's the kind of things that I was referring to earlier. Like this, this experience is you talking about what you're doing. It's something that from my like, small corner of Albania that I come from would be unimaginable. So I wouldn't have learned that there. So yeah, so, so it, the future looks good. Yeah, future looks, it looks good. It looks fun. Yeah. It's, uh, like, th th this is what I like is that the fact that I kind of end my job created mental and creative space to do things because there's no way I would have started like diving down this and thinking, okay, I'm going to do my work. And then in the evenings, I'm going to start to run trainings and stuff like this. Oh, I said, no way, I actually do that. But um, I wouldn't have done it with this intensity and this diving in. Like I've been I've been writing and editing my book until three, four o'clock in the morning most days over the past week or so. So it's been up, like, then I wake up in the morning, have a bit of breakfast, open up computer and I'm back on it. But it doesn't feel like work because it's optional. And because I quit my previous stuff, I now have the mental creative uh, and creative space to actually dive in and to do these kind of things and it's going to now lead me maybe down a different career path or a different thing that I was expecting and I'm just going to be open to stuff like I never thought I'd become an author I was like <laughs> no I'm dyslexic I don't really do that reading or writing stuff <laughs> you know but then they yeah having that openness towards these new things is just allowed for shit to change and like I, I talk about my plans and how I see things at the moment next week that might change next month I might be like this is really overwhelming I'm gonna drop this cool people can enjoy the book if they want people know about it it's out there whatever but I'm gonna just drop everything or I could feel like you know what this is really giving me even more energy and stuff and like recently I've been thinking about okay I because I, I really 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 believe in this idea of saying at the moment, there is a certain sector of the world who starts who's, who are using AI tools, right? And it's very, it's techies. Techies are the ones who are using this. And it's only a portion of the techies who are actually using this properly. But then for everyone else in the world, it's like, well, it's going to take a while to play catch up. The productivity difference, the margin is going to grow and grow. So I kind of, for me, I have this idea of this outreach project of saying, how can I get more people engaged? How I help with this? So I've been looking through of, okay, how can I get like author copies from Amazon where I buy them at cost price or how much it costs to print in bulk and hand out at different local libraries, different NGOs, charities, stuff like this. How can I run other sessions that are more outreach, get more people involved? And even this idea of creating, um, yeah, I had this idea the other day and feel free, any tips, any ideas, let's brainstorm this, is that I want to create um, a, a pass it on book. So I, I print off a bunch of copies and then I kind of print some kind of like stickers or something like that to put on top to say, this is a pass it on book um, donated by the author in which the idea is that you take it, 
read a bit, use a bit, and quickly, as soon as soon as you can, pass it on to someone else who you think could benefit from it, and for it to kind of circulate, and so for knowledge to be more circulated by people who they trust. Because as soon as you trust someone and they're like, you know, just try one chapter of this, go online, try this stuff out, and you're going to see, then they actually take the step and then they try it out. And then they kind of realize how amazing these tools are and they start to learn about it. And then that person can take that feeling, find someone that they're like, oh, this person wouldn't normally dive into this stuff. Let me give it to them, recommend this chapter. And, you know, this kind of idea of pass it on. I think one idea, if you want to make it more accessible to non-techies is to dive into like non-techie use cases for it. Like one thing I've been doing with uh, with ChatGPT is I've been going through like uh, the process of buying a used phone, of having mm-hmm. it compare different types of things. I would recommend things that you should be looking at when you're trying to buy a phone. And this is something that they pretty much everyone does. Everyone buys a phone every now and then, but the research process, process of that is really time intensive. But you can take it even to a next level. I, I, I've been introducing my mom to it by having it do tech support for her. Nice. Have an issue with your router? Type it into this, this chat bot box here. Yeah. And that way you could make it more accessible to people by having this uh, sort of topics that are not techy. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And so so the, the, the way I kind of created the book is that it's in four different parts. Um, one of the parts is about like tools and techniques of like understanding how to approach this, what different ways that we can actually write things better. But then uh, there is a whole part, like when you said, like use cases, what different use cases can you do this with? Like translation use cases. Um, but like, if you think about translation use cases, it's not just saying, okay, how do you, how do you take chat DBT and say, okay, here's some text, translate it. Because it's like, well, translation is more complicated than that. <laughs> you know, if I have a poem and I ask you to translate it, do I care about you keeping the tone of the poem? Do I care about you keeping the literal parts that I put in there? Uh, or do I care more about the rhyming? What is it the meaning that is the most important? Like, what what is actually important in the translation? And so just asking the bot to translate something, it's going to make a decision. And now it's taking that away from you. So then to kind of like go into and start to realize, okay, how do you actually do this in a better way? And so I kind of just had like nine different use cases, but then like each use case has about four or five pages where you actually dive in and understand all different things on that. So hopefully that could kind of appeal, but I feel that with this idea of like a, a pass it on, it's let's say you you know someone who's currently working on a project and they need to brainstorm ideas. Well, I've got a chapter on brainstorming and the pass it on, I guess, idea is to kind of say here, there's this piece on brainstorming in here. Have a read of that and try that one out as you're building your brainstorming stuff. I feel like one idea for a pass on book specifically would be to have like a couple of empty pages at the end, have Mm. people make their own use cases uh, so you could just go to i don't know github whatever ah. paste an interesting conversation that you've had with ChatGPT, and make a bit url write it down 
on those couple of empty pages in the end. And then when you pass on the book, people can look at what others that have had that copy of the book have done. I like it. I really like that. That's you, a great yeah. Idea. Nice. Yeah. Damn. He's going to start asking for royalties now. <laughs> yeah. No, this this is all great. And if you are a listener of this podcast, this is why you should keep doing EYP. Because it kind of starts giving you ideas about th- seeing things differently. But it's also the reason why you sh- maybe should stop doing EYP as well. Because it stops you from doing those ideas. And, <laughs> um, and I'm talking right now the, like with you, but I'm all, like talking to myself as well. Because usually that's what we do when we talk about like reflections. But yeah. Just the fact that you can pass on knowledge and and think that, you know, whatever I just spoke about, it's something that I've been working on and I'm passionate about. I could do it because I decided to. And the same goes with whatever we've done in NYP, like session-wise or like, I don't know, role-wise or decisions we've taken. Like if you're a head organizer or whatever, these things matter. These things matter a lot. So yeah, if, if this episode... Um, would be, you know, us talking about a concept, it would be the, the concept of knowing when uh, when it's time to go. <laughs> I like that. And I, I really like w- w- when you kind of said there about how EYP kind of teaches you this approach, this way of thinking. Um, and I was having a chat with one of our brother's colleagues the other day, and I realized something is that so me and my brother, we're both very entrepreneurial. We have ideas. We like to kind of give everything into them and just randomly follow them and kind of see what happens. But then I feel, and maybe it's EYP that's really helped me with this, is that I feel the two of us have a difference. My brother, when he thinks about an idea, it's about, okay, how do I make this economically viable? Whereas when I have the idea, I think about, okay, how do I make this into a social enterprise? Like, how do I make this impactful? And then the economic side, I don't think about that. And then sometimes it fails because like it's going to cost too much. It's not going to work and stuff. And it's not business viable whatsoever. But, you know, it's the approach of saying, okay, what do people want? How can we make it work that way? And how, and so just like, you know, as Joel was saying there about adding those pages at the end of it, every single page that gets added at the end of it is extra in the printing cost. So it's going to cost even more, for example, to print out a book like that. And then this kind of pass it on copies. Well, someone isn't going to buy the copy necessarily to then be able to pass it on. The idea would be that I would batch print them and then pass them on and start like that journey. So this is costing (laughs) a lot of money to like do something like this. But the, the way that we kind of think about it and stuff, and I feel that this is a very EYP thing, is that we we care more about the impact of this thing than the financials of it. Yeah. I've, uh, like I've been part of sessions, uh, in Albania when we, we were like literally like with no money whatsoever, we've paid money from our own pockets, but we knew that we had to do this because people were relying on us doing it. Um, and it's because of that impact. It's about like the thing you want to see after you do that session. You want to see people engage and learn what you've learned and pass like what you've learned to them. But also it's about wanting to go. 
which connects back to it because you you want to see that impact because you see everything as finite so and then there's a next step to take and i i've kind of seen it like that as well you know i i want to do this session and i want to put something on it because it's going to end at like the end of the closing ceremony i'm leaving so I wanted to be impactful. So it was worthwhile, not just for myself, but for like most of the people. And that's never like attainable in my opinion, like in a full capacity. But it's the intention that you want to do this that that really makes a difference. And and yeah, I I keep seeing it happen over and over again. And even though it's not the most sustainable thing ever, it keeps getting sessions down the line and people joining and mm-hmm. this is not to say that you should do sessions when you don't have money kids um this is to say that you know think about the impact you'll have as much as you think about how you are going to achieve it so those two goes together it's not just yeah. about one or the other i feel like that's a beautiful way to end it almost with like a mic drop (laughs) (laughs) yeah i would say if you uh yeah if you have something from your deepness of your soul or like a story that you've missed saying that would be perfect poop Poop and pee lots of poopy poop poop diarrhea poop Okay. Uh, Did you expect anything else? <laughs> no, no, no. I heard um, the way it was told to me is that you're quitting because you ran out of stories. So, um. oh, that's fun. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. That, yeah, uh, it, it, it has really been fun moving into the concept side. And it it does feel that, yeah, I kind of start to feel that on the, a few of the episodes, I start to spend more time referencing what I said in a previous episode that I do kind of contribute in something new. And maybe that's also an indicator for, for my side to kind of say, oh, let's let some fresh blood in. <laughs> yeah. And um, in a segue to fresh blood, uh, Mr. Producer, co-creator, uh, Joel Lintunen, would you like to invite our listeners to hit us up with a message? Um, if they're interested in, I don't know, joining us, I'm doing this very impromptu. You can like, I can catch joining us. No, keep up. Fuck off. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I feel like what's next with the podcast is we'll start to look for uh, new hosts. We'll probably change the format a bit. Uh, my hope for long term of Tales from Sessions is that we have, well, firstly, a pr- functioning social media. <laughs> Thank you, Charles. It's been a long time coming. <laughs> and I don't blame you for that, Nathan. That was never your job to begin with. And then I would really want, it, want to see this go in a direction of we would maybe even have multiple hosts that, that are not necessarily on every episode. Because that would then enable us to create a team of hosts with different viewpoints into it, with different styles of doing this, make it more interesting for and engaging for the listeners, and also enable me to leave at some point. Because I will at some point want to quit this project as well. And I feel like now is a good point 
to start taking the project in a direction where it's gonna like sustain itself without me in the long run. Hmm. So I guess for the listeners, uh, we're gonna change the format a bit now. We're gonna give up the regular two-week release schedule. Um, we're gonna have more just random bunches of people on. I guess I don't feel like doing one-on-one chats with people. Uh, that's not the <laughs> format that we've been going on with so far. That's not where I'm gonna take it. And if you have something interesting that you want to talk about, hit us up. Um, we would also, what would be really valuable is if the podcast has had some sort of an impact on you to shoot us a message about that, because that's going to really motivate me to create more content. And that's also going to be a beautiful send off gift to Nathan to, uh, also tell him what kind of impact that his time and effort and poop stories have had on your life beautiful poop stories uh so please uh, you you will find our email in the description of this pod we um, have a social media account yeah. as well and we also have like a, an instagram tales from sessions and a <gasps> facebook page and, and a very think... very dead facebook yeah page. uh or you can just Text me and Joel if you have us in your Facebook or Instagram. Pigeon uh, mail is very good. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, or if you're in the vicinity of Cambridgeshire, United Kingdom, or Turku, Finland, you can just drop by to our home and chat us up about it. So I what's your address, Raldo? <laughs> One Glisten Road, CB12HA, <laughs> Cambridge. <laughs> So uh, letters are accepted, pigeons, but yeah. Pigeons uh, are also accepted. Yeah, crows. Um, There's a lot of you, crows here. But but would you provide them? Because, you know, the thing is, like, <laughs> you, they need to be, your home has to be their home first, and then yeah. you take them somewhere, and then they can fly back home. That's why that's how it works. We'll do it differently. We, you'll provide me the pigeon to come here somehow, and then you'll know the way back. But then how does it get to you? Yeah. So it's it'll be programmed like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> although that that's that I feel like that's a great privacy feature of pigeons. Like you can have people <laughs> mail you without giving them your address. So if anyone wants to send me pigeon mail, just send me a message on Instagram. I don't I understand my Instagram. Send me a message on Facebook and I'll I'll have a de- pigeon delivered to you post haste. <laughs> um so yeah. Thank you, uh, Nathan and Joel. I'll do what you do every episode right now, Nathan. How did you feel about this? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the listeners don't get to hear that, do they? No, no, no. No, no episodes. True. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, uh, I don't know if you've heard it, but in the episode with Dilge, you're talking and you're saying hello to me as you usually do. And... Uh, and you say like, oh, I wonder if he ever like publishes this because I don't really listen to the episodes once they're published. And that's the the outro of the episode. So for the listeners, uh, what, what normally happens at the end of our podcast, so, so what typically happens is we come together with a guest. We spend a few minutes trying to set up their mic, trying to test out should we use their headphones or should we use their computer audio? We always do the same thing. 
Um, and then afterwards, Joel just randomly hits record. We don't actually start the podcast properly. We just start talking about any random shit because none of us knows when the podcast actually is actually going to start. That's the Rialdo's job to then decide when it starts. <laughs> and then we just keep chatting. And then after after we see the time and it's like over an hour, maybe an hour and five minutes or something, we're like, have we got enough content? Yeah, we think we have enough. And then we keep recording. But we then start having a chat and we kind of say, how did you feel about the podcast? What was your experience versus your expectations? And then we always tell them, well, I always tell them the same story about how we started our podcast and how it was interview style and how now it's more casual. And that's why we didn't ask them to introduce themselves. And then at the very end, I say, okay, so here's 30 seconds. Feel free to introduce yourself. Um, and then they can like introduce themselves. And then Rialdo <laughs> puts that at the beginning. And because we mentioned Rialdo, sometimes in the episodes, we just spend some time chatting to Rialdo because he's going to go through the, through the recording. And we're like, hey, and then we all start like sending him messages and stuff like this. <laughs> it's not a, I'll close this in the cheesiest way ever. It's not a goodbye to see you soon. Oh, see you see you somewhere in Europe. Exactly. <laughs> I wanted you to say that. <laughs> I've been waiting for 20 minutes for you to say that. <laughs> um